Hello, everybody. I just crossed off the last three days on the calendar. I hadn't been crossing them off on my physical calendar. It's so satisfying, which it shouldn't be. It's basically like one step closer to death, another day lived, another day closer to when you're going to die, whenever that is. I mean, that is kind of what it feels like. Is that more? I don't know if it's morbid. It's kind of just realistic, right? There goes another one. There we go. Another day down. But anyway, it felt good. That's what I'm saying. It's a positive. I love it. How are you? I love you guys. I love myself. I love life. I love snow. I love when snow melts and turns to slush. I love water. I was drinking water this morning. Mmm. I mean, as much as I love french fries, pickles, parsley, tabbouleh, uh, you name it, I love it. But nothing more than water. I'll tell you what. It, it was almost as if I was severely hungover when I was drinking my water this morning. And I was not at all hungover. Maybe, maybe tired hangover. I couldn't sleep last night at all. I tried and tried and tried. And I finally just said, fuck it. Got to get up. Got to get busy. So I came out and I have now successfully finished everything I can finish on this big canvas drawing that I've been talking about nonstop with you all that I can until I have to raise it up. So I'm really low to the ground and it's killing my body. So now, just so you know, what's coming up next for me is I now spray it with some fixative and then I it's almost imagine like a scroll. It's going up, but now I have to, It's my wall's not big enough. So I've got to put it up onto the ceiling. The top part of the drawing will now be attached to the ceiling and then the rest will be hanging down lower. It's going to be weird. It's going to be a weird situation. I've never had to do this before. Um, but that felt good. I stayed up. I watched, well, I'll tell you guys more about what I watched later. Let's start with question corner. Question corner, everybody. So question corner means I'm going to be asking you some questions today. And, um, I haven't done this in a while, like a nice series of questions for you. So number one, what is, or what was your mom like? Tell me everything about her. Tell me everything you remember about her if she's no longer alive. Tell me everything about her that you love. Tell me the things that drive you crazy. Tell me what you and your mom share. I'll tell you that part about me. I've talked about my mom a lot on here. I love my mom. I'm lucky to have my mom. She's she's a <laughs> she's just great. She's a very fun lady. Um so we have in common, my mom, at one time my dad said, I go, I think I asked him, like, what do you think my mom and I, how do you think we're similar? And he's like, well, you're very, you're both very emotional. And I love that about you guys. And I thought that was very sweet and very interesting that my dad, who's a very, he kind of protects his emotions. I like that he likes that about us. And we are very emotional. My mom and I both run out of the room crying all the time. We're emotional wrecks, and we love every minute of it. I think that's what I have most in common. My mom's also very easy to laugh, no matter how sad she may be or how rough things are in any given moment. She's She finds the humor in things, and I think I learned that from her. So those are things about Wendy, Diane, Roberts, O'Neill. Um, have you ever murdered anybody? There's a good question for you. Be honest. Let me know. Who is your favorite public figure? or celebrity, or artist, or like your favorite person you don't know. Maybe that's it. Who's your favorite person you don't know? Living, dead, I don't know which way to go with that. Um, 
I have so many, it would be endless. I love James Spader. These are a few from the top of my head. James Spader. Um, Toby Maguire. I'm just kidding. Toby Maguire is not one of them, but I have been thinking about him a lot lately. Uh, oh, Eric Braden, Victor Newman from Young and the Restless. He's way up there. Uh, Richard Rohr, the great Catholic Richard Rohr. Uh, let's see. Who else do I love? I mean, it's, it's endless. Have I told you guys, if you have an Apple TV, this is a very fun thing to do. For your screensaver on your Apple TV, uh, you create... What is that? I'm trying to get my phone open and all this crazy shit's going on on my phone for some reason. So you create a shared album, or you just do it on your own, right? You put, like, a lot of people you love or scenes from movies you love. You put them all... Oh, I know a big one. I just saw him. <clears throat> um, here he is. Spelling. Why can't I think of his name? Randy Spelling's dad. Aaron Spelling. <laughs> Aaron Spelling's a big hero of mine. That's another public figure I love. Um, anyway, you put all these people, you make like a folder, like a favorite person album, and then you've got that as your screensaver. So I'll just tell you guys a few of them. Uh, the cast of Different Strokes is on there. The cast of Passions is on there. Uh, Johnny Fever from WKRP is on there. Jack Tripper from Three's Company is all over this bitch. Uh, oh, Larry from Three's Company is also on there. Uh, D from What's Happening is on there. Um, <clears throat> the cast of The Sopranos. Uh, we've got, who else is here? Oh my God, my favorite QVC host is on here. Um, this YouTuber who loves Chapstick is on here. Um, Squiggy from Laverne and Shirley is on here. My first crush, him and Adam Ant. Alex Trebek is on here. Oh my God. Eddie Haskell is on here. Nell Carter is on here. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, this is very fun. So anytime you walk by your TV, Oprah is on here a lot. Uh, Cat Williams. You, you get to see the people who make you smile. It's a good idea. So anyway, these are some of my public figures I love. Let's name one more and we'll get out of here. Michael Jackson's on there. Um, Ian Ziering is on there. Shannon Doherty is on there. Lady Aberlin from Mr. Rogers is on there. And a whole bunch of really fucking weird, like a mannequin from Bold and the Beautiful is on here. <laughs> this crazy haunted mannequin. Eric Roberts, there he is. All right, I'll stop, I'll stop. But anyway, I highly recommend doing this. Everybody who walks into our house... Even people who are, like, working on something or whatever, like, they're not friends, they're just there for some reason, they see it. Even our delivery people, if I open the door, they kind of glimpse. And they're, they're like, you choose the most ridiculous photos because they're more fun that way, right? So anyway, that's the story on that. Okay, what is your favorite name? That's another question I love to think about. I've asked this before. Mine used to be Peter, and I do... Not like that name anymore, actually. I've changed my mind about that. But what do you like? Tanya, Bethany, Jonesy, Mark, Stephen, Stephanie, Martha. What are the names you like? What do you like better? Here's an important one for the cold weather. Do you like stew or do you like soup better? God, I mean, this is a tough one for me. I think I'm going to go with stew, but I do not like the word stew. I really don't like that word stew. What do you think of when a Stuart is called stew? Um, and speaking of words, what's your favorite word? Mine? I don't know. 
Pueblo comes to mind. I like the word Pueblo. Tater. <laughs> I don't like the word tater. My dad sometimes calls my mom tater, and I don't know why he does. We None of us have figured it out, but she doesn't like it. Con concrete just came to my brain for some reason. Concrete is not that pleasant of a word. I know what my favorite word is. Maniac. Maniac's the word. I love the word maniac and maniacal. Those are good words, right? Tell me yours. So, yeah, have you ever murdered anybody, and what's your favorite word, and what was your mom like? What was the other one? Stew or soup. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to Josh Garvelink, longtime listener, longtime fan, longtime friend. I don't know what, what we call each other. I don't know, but I love Josh and his family. Um, I've never met Josh, but he's great. Great person, great musician, great everything. And he listens to the show, this podcast. <laughs> and thank God he does, because I have a big apology. There's Here we are in Apology Corner. So in Apology Corner, I have to apologize to every one of you, because I think Josh is right. What happened last week when I gave you guys all a bunch of shit for not showing up for my Instagram Live? Well, Josh believes that I said on the podcast that I would be tuning into Instagram Live to announce the winner of the contest at 7 p.m. Pacific. And then, looks like I changed it to four in my head and then yelled at you guys for not showing up like a real asshole. <laughs> so I am so sorry. This is so typical of me for two reasons. Number one, I didn't even double check. I just trust that Josh is right. I probably did say seven because that seems like a better time than four. But number one, I get, I don't know what this is. It's been like this since I was a child. I don't have dyslexia, but I do have dyslexia for the numbers four and seven. <clears throat> I'm not kidding. I switch those numbers up all the time and I cannot figure out why. I cannot solve it. It's just somehow, there must be like a little weird like, divot in that part of my brain where the numbers exist that like or there's an imaginary four ghosted above the number seven in that part of my brain and I can't get it straight I don't know what is going on but I always mix up four and seven even sometimes when I'm reading something like if I'm reading numbers to somebody online like a credit card number I'm like and and it says three seven seven I'll say three four four and then I'm like whoa sorry three seven seven <laughs> it's crazy Anyway, Josh, thank you for calling me out on my bullshit, which he was very nice about it, by the way, of course. He was like, I think, I don't know. You know when people are like, they do probably know something, but they're just trying to be nice about it. Like, I can't be sure, but I'm pretty sure he said seven. <laughs> when clearly, I pro that's probably just the God honest truth and he knows it. I don't know. But anyway, I can see that happening and I'm sorry that I'm such a jerk. The other reason this is so typical of me is even when I was first, you know, getting to know Damien, he told me that I reminded him of Bulldog from the show Frasier. <laughs> and I was mortified because I'm like, what about me is like the sports guy from Frasier? I can't even believe it. Like, you know what I mean? He's the exact opposite of everyone I love on that show. I mean, I love Bulldog. He's funny, but I, I, couldn't, I couldn't believe that I reminded anybody of Bulldog. And the reason is is because Bulldog <clears throat> sort of flies off the handle really suddenly, and then somebody talks him down. Like, he's just like, who the hell stole my notebook? And then he's like, oh, it's right here. Never mind. I'm fine. Like, just like, boom. So much extreme upset, and then total calm. Like, okay, forget that I just did that. 
I do tend to do that. And that's kind of what I did last week. So when I told Damien about this, he's like, yeah, because you're bulldog. <laughs> so anyway, let me take a sip of some drinks. I'll be right back. Yeah, plural. Hey guys, I have no idea what's wrong with the audio right now, but from now until the next five minutes or so on here, it's going to sound weird, and I apologize. I I don't know what to do, so I'm just going to leave it and hope you guys don't hate me for it, and when I get back after about five minutes or so, it should be normal again. All right, thank you, and I'm sorry. Okay, this is me. Another day, a different day. That would everything recorded in the past on this episode. I don't know, maybe a couple of days ago. Uh, and now we're really at Thursday. We're Thursday the 6th. Oh, I didn't cross off the day yesterday. That's always my favorite part of the end of the night, and I didn't even do it. Um, that's probably because I have three of these calendars. I crossed off a different one. Can you have too many calendars? Because I think you can. Uh, you need to have a central one, don't you? I wish someone would just get in here and just take care of everything for me. I just need somebody to just take care of my life. I am, <coughs> excuse me, at the stage of my work life where I can no longer do this without an assistant. And I know you guys have known me throughout some assistants, or just one, David. <clears throat> But I need another, that was when I lived in Beverly Hills, I need a new assistant so badly. And I'm very resistant to it. I think because I've been spoiled, I had my best assistant ever, who is now just thriving in life, uh, doing all sorts of awesome things, Kathy. And Kathy was my best assistant I ever had. She was just perfect. Basically, I had... um, made a list of what I need an assistant because I'm trying to get prepared to actually bite the bullet and do this. And I recognized that I was, I was just listing the traits of Kathy. So, um, Kathy, if you're out there listening, I know you cannot be my assistant any longer, but (laughs) I wish you could. So anyway, um, yeah, that's what I'm dealing with. And I'm just, I, I just cannot get enough done. And so to any of you out there who are listening, who I have accidentally not gotten back to or not done something I'm supposed to do for you, I am so sorry. I wish I could just, I should just send a mass email to everybody I know, everybody in my contacts list. Like, yeah, I know I'm a piece of shit. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, What have I been doing while I've been working on this big drawing? I did do a post yesterday, so you can check out my Instagram at Robin underscore O'Neill. That's R-O-B-Y-N underscore O-N-E-I-L. And you can see where I'm at on this big drawing. You may think it looks like I'm close to being done with it. However, you'd be wrong about that because what you don't know is that now, or maybe you do know because I probably just talked about it on here the other day, but I got to raise it and put it on the ceiling and then do the whole bottom part. So it's, a, it's still a lot going on. And it's um, very time consuming, but again, very fun. I got, I recognized, both Damien and I have gone through divorces. And so we both have, <laughs> you have a version of phantom limb syndrome when you've gone through, gone through a divorce, but it's like phantom um, object syndrome where you're like, oh yeah, I own the ice storm. And then you realize, oh, nope, I didn't get the ice storm. Somebody, somebody else got, my spouse got the ice storm. So I didn't, I have, I'm talking about movies, Wonder Boys and the ice storm. Again, both, I know I talked about Tobey Maguire a second ago. So both have Tobey Maguire in them, but both are my kind of movies because 
it's the mood, it's the weather with Wonder Boys, it's about writers with, you know, the ice storm, it's about key parties in the 70s. It's just all so good for me. Um, but anyway, I, so that was one of these things where I'm looking through my DVDs, I'm like, nope, I don't have the ice storm. And so I reordered the ice storm and I never had the Criterion version. I didn't realize the Criterion of the ice storm was out somehow. So, uh, even though it's been out since 2008, apparently. So, I got the Criterion of the Ice Storm. And while I've been working on this drawing, I watched every extra. I watched the movie. I, I listened to the commentary with Ang Lee and his uh, producer slash screenwriter. There's a Rick Moody interview on it. My, my most fascinating part, besides just Ang Lee being hilarious and so inspiring to me, was listening to the production crew and the costume designers. Uh, it was so good. So anyway, that's one thing. Oh, and I also learned Kevin Klein is in The Ice Storm. If you haven't seen The Ice Storm, do Mama a favor and watch The Ice Storm, please. So, such a good movie. They're, my favorite part of the movie is when um, Joan Allen's character, she plays the mother of Christina Ricci. And she sees, she's at a yard sale, runs into this reverend, this town reverend, and she sees her daughter with this cape on, because capes were big in the 70s. And, and Christina Ricci just like rides by on her bike with her cape flowing in the wind, and she looks so free. And Joan Allen just stares at her and says, my daughter. And then she says, I can't even remember what it feels like to ride a bike. And you can see her longing to be free and to be young and to just be able to do what you want and to not know what it, how painful it is to be alive and to, to age. And you know what I mean? You don't know those things when you're young. I've been thinking about it a lot. Every time I see a young photo of myself, even in my 30s, like early 30s, 20s, but, you know, childhood too, and as much as I was dealing with anyway emotionally as a kid and a young adult, I just look at myself and I'm like, you have no idea. You have no idea how painful this, is, this can be. <laughs> I mean, also, you have no idea how beautiful and loving and, like, just breathtaking life can be. But you, don't, you just don't know the depths until you get older. Imagine the amount of feeling I'm going to be having when I'm 94. <laughs> or maybe you're just... You're just so tired, you don't feel anything. I have no idea. But anyway, um, so I loved that part. I lo that's one of my favorite scenes in movie history, I think. There's just some, there's a lot in it. And Ang Lee said Joan Allen is the best actor he's ever worked with in the history of his life. So that's pretty cool. Kevin Klein is in it, and I learned that Kevin Klein is known as Kevin Decline because he declines most film roles. I was wishing I had a, a name that was easy to adapt into something cool like that. Kevin Decline. I was having flashbacks to also to an old friend of mine who I cared about so deeply and probably still do because they show up in my dreams a lot. Um, but basically it was, <clears throat> it was just too, I don't want to say toxic because I do think that word's overused. It was just a bad combo that maybe never should have been. I don't know. Anyway, I loved this person and had so much fun with this person. Um, they, they, they never have listened to this podcast, by the way, so I'm not concerned about that. I just, like, rather keep it vague. 
Um, and I, I was watching, oh, I was watching a lot. Here's why I thought of this person. I was watching this Lifetime movie that is actually very good. It's called I Am Watching You. And you guys know I love an erotic thriller. Well, this was an erotic thriller. I don't know how this is a Lifetime movie. It got very sexual, very fast. Like, I swear to God, it might have been the opening scene or the second scene. This girl is watching her neighbor through the window, and she just starts masturbating. And she's just going for it. So anyway, that was crazy. I mean, you don't see any skin, but, you know, you don't see any nudity, but it doesn't really matter. It was, uh, there's a lot of crazy things going on in this movie, but... One of the characters, it was all very L.A. too, it was in L.A., and one of the characters is really just like so over everything, and she said, it's whatever, it's whatever, it's whatever. That, that is one of my least favorite phrases of all time. I, I, I think it represents, anyway, this um, old friend of mine used to say that when things would get a little tense. Like, when you knew they were mad at me, I knew they were upset at me for some mysterious reason, but I couldn't, I couldn't ever figure out why. Uh, and it was always very, I mean, it felt very abusive. Do you know what I mean? I was like, what, what did I do? Like, we were just having fun. I, it was so confusing. And then I would be, you know, trying to figure it out, and I'd say, oh, my God, is something wrong? What, what happened? You, you seem like something's wrong. And they go, it's whatever. It's whatever. And shut the conversation down. I'm like, okay, that's super healthy. And also, I mean, it's just such a rude... I, I, what it, it's whatever is one of those phrases that just represents apathy. But also a refusal to grapple with something and a refusal to confront anything. And it just is so not my style. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's a good thing. Maybe to other people you hear it and you're like, no, that's nice. That just means they're trying to de-escalate. To me, I would rather escalate the shit out of this situation and get through it. I mean, and I'm sorry, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it. That's a better way to do it. Okay, there are times. I, I, okay, maybe I'm wrong because there are times. I know there have been times in family situations where I'm like, I'm just going to leave the room. This will get better if I just leave and sit in my room for a while, and there we go. Everything's going to be fine after a while. You know, you, there are times, that's not apathy, that's just called being smart, you know. And I learned in a lot of therapy and a lot of 12-step program stuff, sometimes it's really all you can do. Especially if you're trying to, like, argue with somebody who's escalated already, and, you know, anyway. So I guess there are subtleties. i got to stop doing any absolutes. I want so badly to give absolutes all the time. <laughs> you see what I mean? I didn't mean to do that. And, um, and I used to. I used to be all about absolutes and extremes. But the more I live and learn, there's just subtleties to every single situation that you can't really, you just can't do it. All right, guys. going to get back to work. I'll get back with you with a reading in just a little bit. Dear Lord, please make this podcast work. Please make this be normal again. See? Prayers work, you guys. All right, listen up. Here we go. I am going to... Uh, I can't remember if I've read from this book on the podcast before, but I'm going to today. Have I? Cassia St. Clair, The Secret Lives of Color. This is a penguin book 
My mother gave it to me for Christmas 2019 before the world went to hell in a handbasket. Copyright 2016. This is, here's a quote in the beginning from John Ruskin, The Stones of Venice. The purest and most thoughtful minds are those which love color the most. I wonder if that's true. Do you think that's true? Yes or no? Very interesting and beautiful book. I love it. And I'm going to read to you. So it's set up almost like a dictionary, but it's in tones like yellows, oranges, reds, pinks, purples, blues, and then a lot of like all the blacks and grays. I mean, it's just fun to, and browns, umber, taupe, sienna. Uh, Let's see. Then we're into the blacks. Oh yeah. Coal, Payne's gray, obsidian, ink, charcoal, jet, melanin, pitch black. Uh, it's just a beautiful book and an interesting, um, just interesting little explorations. Uh, some are just a page and some are five pages, but we're going to be reading from actually, strangely enough, this is a favorite color of mine, even though it's probably a least favorite color of many. I love yellows uh, and I love acid yellow and acid yellow. Here we go. We're going to be reading from Cassia St. Clair's Secret Lives of Color, Acid Yellow. It's not a poem. Just FYI. All right. In 2015, the Oxford English Dictionary announced that its word of the year... Hold on. All right. That it's... Oh, Frankie just said, bless you. I told you guys, every time I sneeze, Frankie says meow. All right. In 2015, the Oxford English Dictionary announced that its word of the year was not, in fact, a word, but an emoji. Face with tears of joy. That's, the, the, that's in quotes, so I guess that's that exact emoji. In the same year, Unicode, an organization that ensures texts and emojis are represented consistently across different platforms, announced that people had been using many of these little yellow faces incorrectly for years. The one with a double jet of, st- of steam coming out of its nose, for example, commonly used to express fury, was intended to appear triumphant. And I want to, who the hell thought that that looked triumphant, by the way? And Unicode 1F633, which is the flushed face, was used differently depending on the system. Apple users used it to signal alarm, while Microsoft version looked happy-go-lucky, but with sheepish eyes. One that seemingly needed no clarification, though, was the original smiley. The origins of the crude design, a perfect bright yellow circle outlined with black, two small lines for eyes, and a semicircle mouth are contested. A crude smiley appeared in an American television program in 1963. Two brothers based in Philadelphia printed a similar design on badges, some 50 million of which had been sold by 1972. But during the political upheavals of the 1970s, the childlike smiley was co-opted as a symbol of subversion. By 1988, it was a pop culture phenomenon, inextricably linked with music and the new club scene. A yellow smiley was used on the UK cover for the Talking Heads song Psycho Killer, on Beat Dis by Bomb the Bass, Bomb the Bass, on an iconic flyer for London's Shroom Club, and later with crosses for eyes and a squirmy mouth, an informal logo for the band Nirvana. A blood-spattered version was also the primary visual motif of Watchmen, the 1985 dystopian graphic novel by Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons. Soon, the acid yellow of the smiley seeped out to become the signature color of the dance-happy youth. Euphoric one moment, insidious, chemical, and rebellious the next. 
rave culture, or rather the drugs that were believed to fuel it, began to cause moral panic. Acid could refer both to the subgenre of house music and to LSD, while this bright yellow also evoked the laser light shows of nightclubs. That's why I like it, guys. <laughs> if you're new, that's not true. Although rave culture has come down from its pre-millennial high, its informal mascot, the seemingly benign acid yellow smiley face, beams on. For a new generation, it signals something very different. It is believed that the first emoticon smiley appeared in a bone-dry email about humor from Scott E. Fallman, a research professor at Carnegie Mellon, sent in 1982. Here's the quote. I propose dot 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 the following characters, character sequence for joke markers, colon dash uh, parentheses. <laughs> Okay, from such inauspicious beginnings, the emoticon smiley has become intrinsic to modern communication. It's subversive traces for the moment forgotten. And there we have it. I'm bookmarking this. This is a little bookmark my mom gave me. This book belongs to Robin O'Neill. Merry Christmas. Love, Darwin, a.k.a. Mom. Anyway, sometimes she's called Darwin. Oh, okay, what's going on? You guys can hear Frankie. She has a lot to say. I hope you guys like that. I think that my reason for liking acid yellow and any bright, bright, I mean, I love mustard yellow too. I love all yellow. I really do. But I love, I don't know, lately I like that acid yellow and I cannot figure out why. I guess I don't really have a reason. If I do, I don't know its origins. But you guys can see I love, oh, I think it does have something to do with red and yellow, ketchup and mustard. That that's a combo I truly love, and um, yeah. Anyway, I love I love this book. I'm gonna put a link in the description so you'll know where to get it. I'm also gonna give you a little bonus reading here. You guys know that I get the soap opera digest magazine. It's I think it's every two weeks or is it every week? I don't know, um, but I love it. And here I just liked this little insert in the Young and the Restless page. I don't know why I love the way this is. I love this little summary. It's called Picture This. Noah shows Devon preliminary designs for Tessa's album cover. Devon notices that Noah is able to make Tessa more relaxed in the photos. Noah and Tessa celebrate choosing a photo for her album cover. Mariah witnesses them laughing. Noah tells Adam that he's on board to start working at Newman Media. At the coffee house, Mariah becomes uncomfortable with Noah and Tessa being playful with each other. After noticing the same behavior, Faith asks Noah if he still has feelings for Tessa. Tessa tells Mariah that she wants to revisit the idea of having a child. I love it. My favorite line is, Devon notices that Noah is able to make Tessa more relaxed in the photos. <laughs> Can you imagine noticing that? Like, I don't know, when I take photos of Damien, he seems kind of nervous. But when my mom takes pictures of Damien, he seems really relaxed. What is going on with those two? It's just a, it's a crazy thought. All right, let's round this one out with a little business corner. I do want to announce that Damien, who I talk about all the time, Damien, because I do happen to live with a guy and I'm married to him, Damien Gerardo just had a new 10-inch single come out for the song, Take Your Time. And it, there's only, I think, 300 copies, most of which are already gone. But uh, Side A is the song Take Your Time, which you can listen to anywhere right now if you want. Or you can wait and get the vinyl. And Side B is an original 
etching by the artist, me. <laughs> I was reading something, so I almost said my name by accident. By artist Robin O'Neill. So I did a special drawing uh, that was etched into the vinyl of these very limited edition 10 inch singles. So I love the song. I love Damien's music, as I'm sure you guys know. And it was an honor to be a part of it. It was really, really awesome. And our friend Josh did the album uh, art, the photograph on the cover, just a little kind of near where we live. Very, very beautiful landscape. And Josh is also on the song. So he he plays all sorts of instruments and is Damien's right-hand man. So highly recommend it. Go to damiangerato.com forward slash shop. I'll put a link in the description with that address. You don't do www. Do not put that in the beginning. You can do HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash, but usually your browser will fill that part in if you just do damiangerato.com forward slash shop. And, um, or just go to the link, get the link. Sorry again about the technical difficulties. That was really annoying. But as Jamison O'Hara Lawrence taught me, dear everyone, let me disappoint you. Uh, I will continue to disappoint you. I heard from, oh, in other awesome news, Mason Curry, who you guys know, I've read from his Daily Rituals books so many times on the podcast. I think he's only heard the most recent one, which was mortifying because even though it was a great entry from his book about Marlene Dietrich, I was at my all-time low and low energy and boring as hell. I remember that being one of the worst podcasts I've ever done. So... I don't know. I hope Mason Curry will join us again. Uh, I'm going to have to reach back out to him and tell him because he he listened to it. He heard that is what I'm trying to say. And that made me feel really good because there's very few times. First of all, I don't often. I have a little more lately, but I very rarely read from writers who are still alive. And so to get to hear from somebody I read from a lot on the podcast was very exciting. So Mason Curry, we welcome you into this um, awesome and odd little community of people who listen to this show. We shall find peace. We shall hear angels. We shall see the sky sparkling with diamonds. That's Anton Chekhov. I'm Robin O'Neill. I love you guys. I'm going to go sneeze again. Have a great rest of your night and I'll talk to you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.